Antonio Brown did show up for work today, but there doesn't seem to be any additional fallout from him skipping meetings on Monday. Jerry Dubak of the Post-Gazette reports that Antonio Brown will be fined, but not suspended. He will play at Tampa Bay Monday night. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger today spoke to the media and addressed Brown's absence on Monday. Ben said, quote, he is the best in the world. When you are the best in the world, you want to win football games, and we are all a little frustrated because we aren't winning right now, unquote. And I can see why Ben said that, because he's not one to stir the pot in public. But if that's Ben's attitude privately, then nothing's going to change. Really, nothing's going to change no matter what. If it's up to me, I deactivate AB for the game Monday at Tampa Bay, just like Tomlin did when Santonio Holmes got busted for pot in 2008. But that was a different time and a different Tomlin. And like Dulac reported, AB will play Monday at Tampa. I'm sure he said he was sorry. I'm sure he said he's going to put the team first. I am absolutely certain that the first chance Antonio Brown gets, he will act like the asshat he is again. And then again after that. And then again after that. Repeat ad nauseum. I heard a number of different ideas for how to discipline A.B. A few people said, sit him for a half or sit him for a couple series. How very SEC that would be. Uh, That's dumb. If you bench him for half, then he comes out of the locker room at halftime like a conquering hero, and the effect you wanted is exactly the opposite. A.B.'s going to say he's sorry, but he's not. And like I said, A.B. going to act like an asshat the very next chance he gets. And why wouldn't he? A.B. runs the team now. I put up a poll on Twitter. Should A.B. be sat for a game? Almost 8,000 people responded. And 59% of those voting said yes. I also put up a poll. Should the Steelers ban their players from social media? Or at least have a strict social media policy? 84% of those voting said yes. And then, of course, there were those who tweeted, you can't do that. These are grown men. But sure you can. Just make it a condition of employment. It's not Rosa Parks at the front of the bus. It's A.B. daring the Steelers to trade him on Twitter. It's Bud Dupree, also on Twitter, telling a fan he nailed the fan's girlfriend. It's not going to be easy Monday night. Ryan Fitzpatrick is on fire. He got NFC Offensive Player of the Week for the second straight week. It's not like the Steelers are doing a real good job stopping the pass. The Bucs don't have the same weaponry the Chiefs do, but they got Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. Like I said, it won't be easy. Hey, whatever the Steelers do with AB is what they do. Who cares? I don't. I want Ben to win, but by the same token, I bet a big part of Ben can't wait to get out of that locker room for good, like so many before him.
but A.B. is going to play on Monday. He'll probably have a good game. And then a lot of you rubes will think that justifies him acting like an asshat all these times. When someone tells you what they are, believe them. Antonio Brown has told you time and time again he's a total asshat, a bad teammate, selfish on another worldly level. He's told you what he is. Believe him. Bell no-showed the walkthrough before the Jacksonville game. Brown no-showed work on Monday. Those are the toxic twins, and that is all the people need to know. Uh, TheRinger.com. That's Bill Simmons' website. Here's a headline for a story that's currently up. One of the most famously reserved franchises in sports has become a quasi-sideshow, and we need to soak in the silliness while we can. And then, of course, there's a Steeler logo and a photo of A.B. perched right next to that headline. That's what the Steelers have become. This is the Mark Madden Show. It's the only show that matters 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. My thing is, sometimes, not often, but sometimes, there's a bigger agenda than winning. At any rate, the Steelers are 0-1-1. I think Rooney and Tomlin need to reestablish control of the team. Because right now, A.B. runs the team. He comes and goes as he pleases. If the Steelers were 2-0, and yeah, okay, this wouldn't be this huge deal. I keep getting told that time and time again. If they were 2-0, and you wouldn't be saying what you're saying. And that's right, but they're not 2-0, and they're 0-1-1, and it is an excrement show. I keep hearing, A.B.'s not the problem. Talk about the defense. That's the problem. Well, okay, what do you want me to say about the defense? That it stinks? Okay. The defense stinks. Happy now? Because past that, there's nothing to talk about when it comes to the defense. The defense isn't going to get better. Shazier isn't coming back. The Steelers didn't come close to replacing Shazier. If the Steelers defense ever has what looks like a good game, I suspect it'll be because the other team's offense has a bad game and for no other reason. The established good players on that defense are few and far between and there is not an easy answer. So, okay, I talked about the defense. Like I said, Tom would set Holmes a game in 2008 when Holmes got busted for pot. Tom would said that Holmes' plan would be a distraction, so Holmes didn't. So why won't he sit A.B. now? What's changed? Of course, you must be a racist if you criticize Tomlin or A.B. or anybody of color. The only way to not be a racist and still criticize the NFL is to blame all of football's evils on Richie Incognito. Lev Bell was videoed riding a jet ski in Miami. Bell won't take the risk of carrying a football by way of maximizing his health for his impending free agency, but Bell will take the risk of riding a jet ski. Riding a jet ski is a lesser risk, and it's a different risk, but it is a risk, And it's a risk you take for free, as opposed to a risk you could take for, say, 
855k per game. You know, the jet ski thing, it's just not a good look for Le'Veon Bell. What's your take on A.B.? Going to play Monday at Tampa? Is it what the Steelers should do? Is it what you would do? 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, Here's a tweet from Doug Gottlieb, who's on Fox Sports Radio. Watching the mess that continues to develop in Pittsburgh and explains why Mike Tomlin should take his cue from Bill Belichick if he wants to turn the Steelers around. Well, I appreciate Doug recognizing that the Steelers are a mess, which most of the local media seems very content to ignore or sugarcoat. But Tomlin can't all of a sudden turn into Belichick, and the Steelers would have to make a ton of changes to reorganize the culture, and that could not possibly be done uh, once a season started. The Washington Post quotes an unnamed NFC South assistant coach who says Mike Tomlin has no control over Steelers players, quote, it's a circus there, and Mike has no control over it. He's one of the best coaches of my generation, but the players have too much control there, unquote. Those are the headlines. That's what the national media is saying. And I'm right. They're right. The Steelers are a mess. It's a stink sandwich, and every day you all Take another bite. By the way, my football team won yesterday. Liverpool 3, Paris Saint-Germain 2. Roberto Firmino scores in stoppage time to break a 2-2 tie. You know, it was weird watching the Liverpool game. It was odd. I couldn't put my finger on it. Something's weird about watching this game. Something's weird about watching this sport. And then it hit me. Nobody on either team was acting like an egomaniacal asshat. Although, to be fair, Neymar sometimes came close for Paris Saint-Germain. In just a few moments, we've got some more quotes from Ben Roethlisberger. And we want your calls. Antonio Brown's going to play Monday night. That news just breaking, thanks to our good friend and weekly guest Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette. Good move. Or bad. 412-333-WXDX. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Konnichiwa, bitches. Konnichiwa. Hi, Marco. I have some porn question for you. That right there, my friend, that's asking for trouble. The X at 105.9. We got some great guests today. We got Dejan at 5.30. But at 3.30, we got Connor Orr from the Sports Illustrated website, the Monday Morning Quarterback. And he wrote a story about all the Steelers' turmoil over the past couple years or so, and when you list it all, like, end-to-end, you you put the timeline up there, wow. Seriously, dating back to when A.B. put the post-game of the playoff game on Facebook Live and Tomlin was unaware and blew his stack when he found out, since then it has been a nonstop excrement storm for the Steelers. Literally, nonstop. That's Connor Orr going to join me at 3.30. Here's an interesting quote from Ben Roethlisberger. There's a reason there's only been a few coaches here. If there were issues at that level, would have a lot more turnover there. At some point, the coaches have to do their thing. 
but it also comes down to the players doing theirs, unquote. Uh, I agree with Ben, and I'm not suggesting Tom would be fired. I've never said that. I defy you to find that on tape in the recent history of this show. But I will say the fact that Tomlin has absolute job security and knows it, that can't help but skew some of his decision-making. When you're always right, it gives you leeway to be wrong. And Tomlin has used too much of that leeway for quite some time, especially when it comes to focus and discipline. There are other stories in Pittsburgh sports, believe it or not. Zach Aston Reese is skating on the line with Malkin and Kessel at Penn's camp. That's a very interesting spot for that young man and one that comes with its share of pressure, to be sure. The Penguins lost their first exhibition of the season at Buffalo last night, 3-2. Not a lot of regulars played for Pittsburgh. Ricola scored, the Finnish defenseman. I guess he can finish, get it? Uh, Ricola can't play his way into a regular spot, but is doing a fine job so far putting himself in the on-deck circle. There are weird things going on at Penguins training camp. Phil Kessel has been staying on the ice for extra work, and he talked to the media on Sunday and Monday, two consecutive days. He likes us. He really, really likes us. Uh, Jameson tie on pitch real well again last night, and the Pirates beat Kansas City in extra innings. The Pirates are now 75 and 74, and I got to give them credit. It would have been real easy to roll over and play dead when they dropped out of the race in mid-August, but they didn't. Uh, they got some good young players who are playing okay right now, and they got a decent pitching staff moving forward potentially, but they've still got to spend some money and get some help in the offseason and they just will not. I want to reiterate something I said when the Pirates were in playoff contention. Uh, anything less than making the playoffs makes the season a failure. I know some of you will climax in frothy fashion if they finish above 500. That's absolutely meaningless. Don't forget, uh, it wasn't too long ago, 13 through 15, they made the playoffs in three consecutive seasons. So the bar's been raised... And you don't get to manipulate it just to feel good about a team that has clearly gone backwards since then. Now, are they starting to rev up for another run? I don't think so. I think they might stay over 500 for a couple more seasons if that pitching staff does pan out the way it's showing signs of doing. But the Pirates are a long way, and I do mean a really long way, from being a playoff team. Four one two three three three. Wait, I'm wrong. Two games over five hundred. I'm sorry. The season is an unqualified success. Let's go to Mark in West Virginia. Mark, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? How much did the Steelers fine uh, Brown for not showing up Monday? Well, well, none of this is official, but Jerry Dulac reports he will play Monday night at Tampa Bay, and will probably be fine. Okay. If that, that's find, Jerry's words. They'll probably find him. And I bet he probably doesn't pay it. Well, either that or he's not going to lose any sleep over it because it'll be such a small amount of money. It'll be like me getting a $25 fine. I won't bat an eyelash at it. Dude, dude, that guy counts every penny. You should be right, but you're you're probably not. 
Let's go real quick to Ryan on the road. Ryan, you're on with Double M. Double M, big fan, big fan. As it opposes to the A-B situation, I I agree that the way he's acting, and I mean, he is a distraction machine, but if you look at it as a big picture from a fan base, if you go 0-2-1 to start the season after a lot of people picked you to be in the Super Bowl, where does that put your fan base on? Okay, I mean, so, so you're saying to play Antonio Brown to have a better chance of winning? That's my thing. If you if you lose, and they've they've done a fine play, job losing with him so far this year. Yes, but if Ben has a bad say, Ben doesn't put up the, the yards in the numbers he usually does. Doesn't that just put AB's point that he put it on Twitter about AB? AB doesn't have a point. He's a blithering numbskull. He's a selfish asshat. Nothing he says is ever of any substance. He's a great wide receiver, period. Other than that, he is wasting valuable oxygen on this planet. And he won't always be a great wide receiver, you know. Up next, from Sports Illustrated and the Monday Morning Quarterback website, it's Connor Orr on 105.9 The X. X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. You got to be a big timer to get on this show. Double M, huge fan. Raise the Jolly Rancher. The X at 105.9. Mike Tomlin spoke to the media a few moments ago. He said Antonio Brown has been disciplined. He would not say what the discipline was. Antonio Brown will address the media tomorrow. And by way of previewing that, it's safe to predict that every single word that tumbles out of AB's mouth will be absolute horse manure. Joining me now from Sports Illustrated and the Monday Morning Quarterback website, it's a pleasure to welcome Connor Orr, who wrote a story about the Steelers' trials and tribulations. Uh, Connor, it's really been nonstop turmoil, and it goes back for at least a couple years. First off, who's to blame? Well, I think it's a great question. Uh, I mean, you kind of see it all sort of branch out from each of their three most important players, you know, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. But at the same time, you know, do you blame the coach for not nipping in the butt? Has he tried to and wasn't able to? Um, you know, there's a lot of questions here that we don't really have answers to. But uh, Mike Tomlin is going to be the one whose name is on all this, and so he's the one that's going to have to get it fixed. How much does the turmoil affect their play, uh, Connor? How much does it affect the winning and losing? Uh, you know, I certainly think that any time you have, you know, if you go back to their last few playoff losses, I think in each of those games, you know, you had players calling out other players after the game, either anonymously or on the record, and, you know, just, you know, talking to other people, other players that have played before and around the league, it's, you know, it's probably impossible to be totally harmonious on the field and then dislike someone or be that mad at someone when you're off the field. I think that's just basic human nature. Could Tomlin fix it now, even if he wanted to? Because as your story notes, Connor, this has been going on at a breakneck pace for quite some time. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think he can, but, you know, I think it would take something. You know, I've, I've, I've covered a lot of situations like this. You know, I was a beat reporter for the New York Jets when uh, uh, that all exploded. I covered the New York Giants when they started 0-6 and ended up finishing seven and nine and you can have these big meetings you can address guys you can pull them aside but the thing is you have to do it now at the beginning of the season 
before it's too late, before everybody's still, you know, set in their ways and looking at free agency and looking for a way to get out. Um, you know, there's still plenty of time, and I think that you can fix it. It's just going to take a little bit of emotional flexibility on everybody's part. Well, you also need to be willing to fix it, too, and I think to affect the culture change when a season starts, I think the adjustments you have to make at this point might be too expensive, Connor. Expensive, yeah. rather. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you know, there there needs to be a willingness, and, you know, that's something that we haven't seen, you know, for example, from both sides of, of the Le'Veon Bell situation. No willingness to uh, acknowledge beyond a certain price what kind of player he is and no willingness for Le'Veon Bell to, uh, um, to you know, kind of put some faith in the organization that they'll do right by him eventually. And, you know, but that goes down the line. This is Antonio Brown not being happy. This is Ben Roethlisberger having no faith in them, um, you know, spending a third-round pick on his successor. You know, it's just it's crazy to me how um, nobody's really been talking about it, but, like, all these issues just seem to keep bubbling and bubbling, and now we're seeing it all sort of come spilling out. Who is the most egregious offender? And that seems like a pretty easy answer, but uh, I'd still like to ask. I, you know, I think it's interesting. I think you could make an argument for, for any of the three, really. I mean, you know, depending on how you view, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell's personal situation, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of players in the league rooting for him because, you know, they want, um, you know, similar uh, financial security down the road. But, you know, I would say that certainly a lot of teams look to their quarterback for help uh, in these situations. And, you know, Roethlisberger has sort of been hot and cold. You know, I think complaining about the third-round pick, threatening to retire, you know, none of this is really helping the situation either. And a lot of times these guys are the, you know, the conduit. These guys are the ones that fix everything in the locker room. Well, funny you should mention that because I've been railing against the obvious ineffective nature of the locker room leadership because clearly nobody is telling an Antonio Brown he's in the wrong. And it seems to me that's long since overdue. Yeah, I mean, some sort of, com you know, I think it was reported yesterday that, that Ben and Antonio Brown, you know, had a conversation, but, you know, maybe should that conversation have happened, you know, in Hawaii three months ago or four months ago, um, you know, when they could relax and really talk things through and, you know, should a conversation have taken place between, um, you know, the team leaders before they kind of went out and, you know, tag team Le'Veon Bell uh, in the media. I think that, you know, that made it almost impossible for Le'Veon Bell to come back before week 10. I don't think he's probably going to at this point. So, you know, just a lot of weird stuff that I think that if you had that strong leadership core in place, uh, it would have been addressed a long time ago. We're talking to Connor Orr of the Monday Morning Quarterback website here on the Mark Madden Show. Connor, it was announced a little bit ago that Antonio Brown has been disciplined. Uh, I'm told it's not a suspension or a sit-down for a game. He will play Monday night at Tampa Bay. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Because uh, if he's going to play Monday night, I get it, but that's definitely a slap on the wrist, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, I think you just have to decide what sort of message you're sending, and you know, maybe the Steelers at this point just kind of think they're too far down the road in terms of, you know, talent trumps all, and, uh, you know, if you're good, you're going to play. And I think that, you know, they've been able to sort of foster um, aggressiveness like this in the past. Um, you know, I, I can't remember a time, at least recently, where they've been sort of over the top on suspending a player. So not overly surprising to me, but, you know, again, that, that trickles down, and I think that that sends a message to, uh, to other people in the locker room. You know, it's funny with Le'Veon Bell, Connor, because a part of me thinks he's in the right. 
that he was going to come in, get beaten down with 400 touches. I, I can understand the logic of him protecting his body for his impending free agency because when guys get 400 touches, let alone two years in a row, it doesn't bode well moving forward. That's historically proven. That said, he's jet skiing in Miami. You know, he's on TMZ doing it. What are your expectations for Bell when he does come back? Because I think he's checked out of Pittsburgh, and the jet ski thing, that's just not a good look, is it? No, no. And I think, you know, he better be in shape. I think that's really the main thing. If he decides to come back um, and get and get that accrued year um, uh, week 10, uh, then he's going to have to be in, in phenomenal shape. And what was always kind of interesting to me is, after James Conner established himself in that first week, if you're Le'Veon Bell, you have to be thinking, yes, I'm going to swallow my pride a little bit by coming back. But this is exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for somebody to share the load, someone that's just as, not just as good, but almost as good, um, almost as valuable production-wise as I am. And then you can cut those touches in half. And I think that you know it would have taken maybe just a little bit of foresight on his part to say, okay, great, now I'm only going to touch the ball 190 times twice as good of a chance that I emerge healthy in free agency and teams still know what I got. But instead, I think we're uh, we're kind of in for the long haul here. Well, Connor, to be fair to Bell, though, I think if he had shown up after week one, Connor would have been put on the pay-no-mind list and Bell would have got those 400 touches. That's just the way Tomlin operates. <laughs> that's that's fair. You know, I think that, that you know, he, he probably knows Tomlin uh, quite a bit better than I do. And, you know, maybe that's the reason that he's still staying away. But, uh you know, I think it's it's just one of these situations that's very rare in that it was, you know, misplayed by both sides at a lot of different points, I think. Oh, no no question about that. Now, what's going to happen at Tampa Bay Monday night with that Fitzmagic going on down there and the uh, the Steelers clearly at low ebb? <laughs> I don't know. I think we all know. If we know anything, right, we know that there's an expiration date on Fitzmagic, so... Um, you know, maybe that happens and uh, he comes back down to earth and the Steelers uh, can come away with a win against a team that on paper is playing well above, I think, their capabilities right now. Um, that being said, if the Fitzmagic continues, I think that this is just a totally, just a bad time for the Steelers to go down there and play a team that's red hot and working together. Um, you know, if, if the Steelers lose this game, especially with the way that the rest of the division's shaking out, this could be a uh, this could be a really bad weekend. Here's a weird question, Connor. So so uh, follow me here. Let's say the Steelers went five and eleven or six and ten. Would that help for the long haul in a weird way? Because then they'd have to address these problems instead of slapping people on the wrist. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know there there really hasn't been that uh, you know that eye opening season under Mike Tomlin, I think that's the good and the bad um, with having a coach like that and with Cower really before that where, you know, there's a lot of success and, you know, you just kind of keep putting your head down and saying it's worked before, we'll get through this, we'll get through this. And uh, you, know, you saw it with the Giants last year um, where finally it took a season that bad to make them step back and say, wow, I mean, there there's some serious issues going on. And you're right. I mean, you know, I don't think Steelers fans would – would be able to digest that very well, but at the same time, it could end up beneficial down the road for sure. When and why did the Steelers turn the corner with these shenanigans, Connor? I thought you did a great job chronicling uh, the recent timeline of all this nonsense because with the Steelers, it used to be exactly the opposite, which is why this is such a story. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it is possible for something to just become too big. I mean, you look at a team, you know, what other team, you know, had that kind of uh, of weird sort of gravity where you're led by three really, you know, uh, you know, once-in-a-generation type offensive superstars and, you know, guys that take up, you know, a significant portion of your cap or guys that want to take up a significant portion of your cap, you know. And it's just, uh, you know, I think that it's just possible for – for these things to get too big, to get too heavy. And, you know, like we kind of mentioned in the piece, if you're not keeping an eye on it over time, uh, one day you're going to turn around and Antonio Brown's not showing up for work and, and Le'Veon Bell's on a jet ski somewhere. Connor, here's a question I'd probably be better off asking a member of the local media, but I'm curious as to your reaction. Uh, the local football media here just doesn't see the problem. They think it's passing. They think it's more about the X's and O's, about the defense being so bad. They just don't see this as significant. Why Why would they not? Because I just think it's an overriding and overwhelming factor with this team right now. Certainly, the defense being so bad is a bigger one, but this is far from inconsequential. Don't you agree? Well, I would say that, you know, uh, the guys who cover the team on uh, on a daily basis, Jacob, and, I mean, they have some of the best beat reporters um, in the country. And I think that it's easier for me to look at it from afar or, you know, having, you know, covered a few Steelers games recently, kind of over this last um, span to say, well, hey, maybe something's wrong here. Um, you know, I, I acknowledge that it's, that it's definitely easier uh, for me to do that, having not having, having to go in that locker room every day. Um, you know, that being said, uh, you know, I think that certainly there are some mechanical fixes that need to take place here. I don't think anybody's looking at this uh, scheme offensively or defensively and saying that it's, that it's happening at full speed. Um, but you also can't ignore the bigger picture, and I think that uh, that will definitely bear itself out uh, at some point for sure. Uh, Connor, it's been a pleasure. Great stuff from you both on the show and online. We'll do it again, I hope. All right, thank you. We'll do. That's Connor Orr from the Monday Morning Quarterback, and i got to tell you, Peter King at the NBCSports.com, he's still the king, no question. But the Monday Morning Quarterback website with Connor Orr and our buddy Andy Benoit, it's uh, – it's held up its end of the bargain as well. So uh, from that standpoint, Peter King leaving, it kind of doubled the number of really go-to football websites, at least for me. Uh, by the way, I posted a great video and a great question asked by our buddy Annie Benoit from the Monday Morning Quarterback. Check that out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. More A-B stuff. How can you go wrong checking out more A-B stuff? You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, great show as always. When you got a young trophy wife, owes money to... I can't even quote the Big Lebowski right. Goodbye. The X at 105.9. More updates from the Steelers headquarters. Uh, Mike Tomlin said that he and A.B. met, quote, for an extended period of time. I'll leave the nature of that conversation between us. There was discipline involved for his mismeeting. Some of the other things we talked about extensively. He'll speak for himself, unquote. Ron didn't apologize to the team. Darius Hayward Bay said Antonio Brown did not address the locker room because, quote, he doesn't need to. Said he worked his tail off at practice, quote, as usual, unquote and that all was normal, unquote. 
It's your team, Mr. Rooney. However you want to run it, you just go right ahead. The idea that AB wouldn't address the team after the tantrum Sunday and missing the meeting Monday, that just blows my mind. But uh, you know the other half of that equation, don't you? You don't have to give the locker room an explanation if the locker room doesn't demand an explanation. And that says a lot about the veteran so-called leaders on the Steelers. Uh, Josh Miller, with a very prescient uh, tweet, the ex-Steeler punter, he said, Bill Belichick will discipline someone on New England for something very soon. He'll find a reason to do so. Media will run with it. It will be Belichick's reminder that he does things the right way. He is one of the most calculated coaches ever to coach the game. That's from former Steeler punter Josh Miller. And come to think of it, we can start having him on the show. He's free and clear of uh, working on the B team, so we'll look into that. Uh, Michael Irvin, who I like very much, the former Cowboys wide receiver, he's commenting on the Steelers. Quote, when a family is divided, it's divided. But is the family divided? Or is the family all united in the cause of stupidity? The Steelers family is not united in interest of doing the right thing. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. In just a moment, we're going to keep talking about AB. If it ain't all AB all the time, well, you wouldn't like it like that. That's 30 seconds away here on 105.9 The X. 